Let's begin. Today I decided to forgive you, not because you apologized or because you acknowledged the pain that you caused me, but because my soul deserves peace. This topic of forgiveness is big. It is huge. Healing life's hurts through understanding forgiveness, part six. We're going to continue on what forgiveness is not. And last week we covered these things. Forgiveness is not minimizing hurt. Forgiveness is not the absence of pain or hurts. Forgiveness is not easy. Forgiveness is not time, as in time will heal all wounds. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not just a feeling. Forgiveness is not being naive or ignoring it. Forgiveness is not justifying, excusing, or explaining away the offense. Now, as of last week, uh, there's been a couple conversations. And so I have three things I want to update. Uh, One of them is a correction uh, from last week, which is, I think, important to do. So first, I need to remind you, this topic is primarily focused on serious hurts that need to be forgiven. All right? Uh, Like Dr. Leaf mentioned in that one video two weeks back when we talked about why uh, we need to forgive, she was saying that it brings us to a point where we wake up knowing we're going to have to forgive somebody today. Somebody's going to cut you off in the roundabout. Somebody's going to take your parking spot. Somebody's all these smaller things so that we live from the place of being a forgiving person. That's That's the goal, really. That's a great thing. But... This series is actually about the deep, deep hurts, the forgotten hurts. It's not the, oops, I bumped into you, oops, I spilled my coffee, please forgive me. That's not what we're talking about. This is going so much deeper. So if you're wondering, well, that doesn't really apply to me, that, you know, it may not, but it does to somebody. The series focus is on confronting false understandings and then focus on a better hope-filled understanding. I want us to understand what forgiveness really, really is. Right now we're dispelling some of the myths. I want to get rid of some of the clutter that's clogging our ability filter to forgive. And when that gets unclogged, forgiveness becomes free-flowing. Second thing. We are made in the image of God. I read this uh, uh, last week. This is how I ended my, uh, it was the last point of the message. There's one line here I'm going to highlight. We were never meant to be abused at the hands of another. The truth is the offender knew better and chose to hurt. That's what I want to focus on. I want to expand that. I want to update. I want to correct it because it's incomplete. Because not everybody does know they're doing it on purpose. And it just, uh, it was one category just didn't highlight. And so I want to bring it back update it, and let you know this. There are times the offender does not know better. They may be in such a dark and blind place that they are acting out of their darkness. They're acting out the darkness in them and may not be fully aware of the hurts they're doing. Not everybody fully knows the depth of the hurt. They're not intentionally trying to hurt you necessarily. So this line is incomplete. There are people who do it intentionally. There are jerks. There are jerks in this world. There are people who know full well they've hurt you and are doing it to rise to a greater level of power and control. There, there is that category. But there are many others who do it unaware. Give me, give me a very gentle example of my mom. You know, I, we told you a bit of the story already. However, I've had a chance to look back at her upbringing 
and the things she's been through, and how her brain was conditioned, not only the environment of Germany where she came, where she dodged bombs, bombshells. In fact, one of the homes she was in, hiding from the, from the uh, bombers, uh, a bomb literally fell right through to the home, right down to the basement where they were hiding, and did not detonate. And they got out. They climbed over other dead bodies. Like, these are things that mess you up. And what many, many, many people did from those European pains, and there's lots of other stories too, it gets buried. And it comes out, the pain is filtered through our intentions, whether good or bad. And I now can finally see, you know, my mom meant well, but man, it was hard. There were times, because I, I know there were really good times, but there were some really bad times too. Lots of bad times in my mind from what I recall. But I don't think she intentionally chose to hurt me all the time. Okay? Do you understand that? There are times I think she pretty well knew what she was doing, but there are other times, no. So this, I wanted to clarify that. Does that make sense? Just in case, because this is going to be heard over and over and over again. I want to clarify this. So thank you to the individual that pointed this out. Went, oh my goodness, yeah, of course. We've got to correct that right away. Third, what if someone doesn't have a major issue from their past? Why does this series matter? I haven't gone through any crap. I haven't gone through any major hurts. Nobody's really blam-based to me. So what? whatever, you know, do I really have to listen to this series? Or what if you uh, uh, don't think you have anyone you need to forgive? Isn't that a great one? <laughs> ah, I'm all good. I've forgiven everybody. I got no grudges. We're fine. What if? Well, here we go. If that's you, or anything like this, then this series is about learning, listening, and sympathizing with others who are going through it or need to go through this. This is about expanding your understanding, moving away or moving beyond the simplicity of what we think forgiveness is and moving into a better, deeper understanding where you will be able to help somebody else in their journey as in, let's say you have a good friend who suddenly shares something with you and they say, oh, I can't forgive because of I can't forget. Oh, hey, let me, let me share something that I've learned about forgiveness, how we can undo this forgetting business because it does not mean if you forget, you haven't forgiven. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's so many categories. This is so big because it affects us. Be prepared. For those of you who think you got nothing or no one to forgive, you may not be aware of something. It may come to the surface. You just don't know. It's funny how we can cope and live lives without confrontation. So this is just a, just a heads up. I think this is pretty, pretty big because this is for everybody. This is the body of Christ. This is humanity. This is a topic for humans. For our physical health, our mental health, and our society's health. All right, number nine. And we have 18 things, just so you know. I'm going to try and get to 16 today. May not, but that's okay. Forgiveness is not waiting for the other person to repent. How many have heard this one? If you're well-churched, you'll get this one. If you're not, you go, what does that even mean? Well, let me explain. 
avoiding forgiveness because you're waiting for someone to apologize, repent, or be sorry. Because in the church background that I grew up with, um, you're supposed to ask for forgiveness. Well, and if they don't come and ask you, you don't have to forgive them. It's like that extra um, fine print. I'm not kidding. Whether it was written somewhere or what it was taught, it was implied, and it was, the line was used. So if it's not your line, you don't know what this is, there are people out there who do know this line, okay? Uh, or they could be saying, I'm waiting for them to come and ask me for, for forgiveness. They may not even care that person. They, they couldn't care less that you got a beef. They're out partying. But you got this grudge waiting. Are they coming? Come on. You better ask me for forgiveness because, man, my forgiveness card's getting full. I got a whole bunch of people that I'm waiting for coming to me for. <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? Number 10. Forgiveness is not a quick fix. It's not just a, okay, I'll forgive and then whew, it's all better. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, you could be saying. I'm trying to behave in a forgiving manner or act like you're forgiven. But really, forgiveness is an actual event. It's not the words you say. We're going to hope, if we haven't covered, no, we, it's coming. It'll be here shortly. The lie is that if we forgive, it'll all get better. That's what this is about, the quick fix. If, if I just forgive, then, uh, then uh, I say I forgive you, then, then it's going to go away, right? La, 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 la. And we don't have to face the journey of healing. It's an avoidance technique. It's not simplistic. It's not a flip of the wrist. Sure, I forgive you. Do, do, do. That's for spilled coffee, okay? It's not for real deep hurts. It's not just a stroke, stroke off of the to-do list. Yep, forgiven that person, done. Now I'm clean with God because I've forgiven everybody. That's not what it's about. Number 11. Forgiveness is not telling the offender you forgive them. You catch that? This is intentional wording. What if they're dead? My mom's dead. There are a number of people who've hurt me that are dead. So I can't wait for them to come and ask for forgiveness, can I? The words. I can say to Dave Shaw, I say, Dave, uh, I forgive you because we're public and then everybody can hear I've forgiven you and I'll look like a really good person. Spiritual. <laughs> forgive you. And inside, jerk, if he ever does that again. Do you get it? It's a heart issue. We forgive from the heart. That's the difference between just telling. The act of telling is supposed to be fruit from what's already happened inside. I've already forgiven. Now I can tell Dave. But the act of just telling Dave does not constitute real forgiveness. It's a byproduct. Just going and saying it doesn't do it. Number 12. Forgiveness is not asking God to forgive the offender. Dear Lord, forgive Dave for how stupid he is. Because <laughs> if he was smarter, he wouldn't have done that to me. Forgive him, Lord. No. 
hey, don't laugh too hard. Dad, ha, ha, ha. Not, you, can, you can get away with trying to say, or you think you can get away with, well, and now I'm able to pray for them, which means I've forgiven them. It's sidestepping the act if you play this game. Do you know what I'm trying to do here? I'm trying to get to the literal, real decision and choice of forgiveness versus all of the expressions of what it can look like. Sometimes we run to the fruit of it or byproducts and go for that because that's easier to do than actually forgive. Are you hearing that? I've seen it. I've done it. Now, Dave and I are fine. He's, he's, we have no problems. We're, we're, we get, get on great. We, we, he's got a lousy football team he cheers for, but that's okay. We'll forgive him for that, too. <laughs> Jesus and Stephen. Why are they up there? What did Jesus do? Father, forgive them. He, he's pulling off. A dear God, hey God, forgive them, right? But he had already done it in his heart. He'd already done it. And he made it verbal so that the love of God through the act of forgiveness is testified, spoken. The vibration of that truth resonates and goes out. Just like my voice, vibration hitting your eardrums and the vibration connects with the little bones in there that allows you to hear, Father, forgive them. There's power in those words. Literal power. Literal energy. Yee! This is bigger than you think. Stephen, when he was being stoned, same thing. Verbally said it. Did he have to? No. So why? were these words said, for the benefit of the hearer. And somehow got recorded for us to still hear 2,000 years later. Asking God to forgive them is still a good thing, but don't mistake the act of doing that for your own need to still forgive. Again, it's to be a byproduct. Are you starting to catch the nuances? Somebody could easily say, oh, you just... Playing with words. No. I'm being that detailed because it's these subtleties, these little escapes that we create in our head to avoid the act of forgiveness because doing that is hard. And when we get to what is forgiveness and then how to forgive in a number of weeks, that'll be in January, oh my goodness, then you'll understand. There's a reason I'm building this case. This whole series as one is critically important, but i got to give it in bite sizes and chunks because it's way too much to take in. I had a lady who's growing in grace like crazy in Alberta watching this series. She has to shut it off halfway through sometimes because it's too much. Yay! That means work's being done. That means God's processing something in you, and that is evidence of God's power in you. Bringing to the surface the stuff that has to be brought to the surface so it can get out because it's not supposed to be in you. Way to go. Number 13. (laughs) Forgiveness is not telling someone you've been hurt. Again, this is back to the old games I learned in my upbringing. Well, I can go to Dave. Dave, you know, you really hurt me. There, I've told him. 
There, I guess uh, we're good now. I got it off my chest attitude. Getting it off your chest does not constitute forgiveness. It's a byproduct. The act of acknowledging is in and of itself not forgiveness. You may feel better. Woo, I feel better. I just told him. Now I don't have to think about it anymore. The error will be I'll feel better, therefore I must have forgiven. Do you catch the subtlety? I get all these blank stares. You got to work with me because it helps. Because if you're not getting it, I want to keep going back and make sure we get this. All right? All right. That's number 13. Number 14. Or do I have more? I do. Okay, so forgiveness is not just about telling because if it's just about telling, there's something still left. Here's what it is. The sense of violation will still be there. The issue is actually not being dealt with. It's the cover over. It's the the fear of dealing with it. Many will try to avoid the pain by getting busy or work harder in a leadership role. Oh my goodness. It's so easy to get caught up in impressive roles where you get lots of encouragement and um, words of praise or whatever, um, or just be busy. And you don't have to think about it. You don't have to feel it. If you're a leader, heed this caution because it can and most likely will destroy your position all the people under you. There are bad bosses out there. Absolute jerks. And our lens as employees can read the problem as, man, oh man, there's no way of pleasing that person. But go deeper. They're human. Something is screaming from them, and it's not the real them. It's who they become from their darkness and pain. For whatever circumstances going on in their lives at that time or something they've gone through. Remember, we have been created good. Now be good. Be who you are. But many don't know who they are. You won't be able to honestly love them or be vulnerable if you're a leader. If you don't deal with this. If you don't learn how to Work through your stuff. It will flow down into how you work with people in your own home as a parent. And it, this works for all stages of life. It really does. Freedom comes when we forgive. Hurt may still be there, but you'll be free. The presence of hurt is, does not imply the absence of freedom. When we forgive, we are set free. A byproduct may be that the other person is also set free, but this is about you. Forgiveness. I love this one. Forgiveness is not turning the other cheek. After all, you have four. (laughs) It's not about turning a blind eye. It's implying then that the act of turning is some moral obedience or sacrifice. Well, the Bible tells me to turn the other cheek. Okay, here we go, because you know, I'm doing it out of duty, so I'm going to do the act. Uh, you know, I'm just going to take the... I'll take a hit for the team. Huh. Here's the message, if that's all you think it is. 
It sends a message that our faith is for the weak. Oh, it actually is. <laughs> Isn't that good? Did you catch that double? Okay, fine. That's not worth growing in. And this is from people watching. When they see true forgiveness come, it reveals a strength, but it's not my ego strength. It's the strength of my union with Christ that is revealed. So the weakness is letting go of me wanting and needing to control those around me and my circumstance. It'll confuse you and the offender if you just turn the other cheek. Keep taking the hit. You're giving them permission. Oh, okay, they're letting me. Fine. Ha! What a dum-dum. Shows a false Jesus. Number 15. Forgiveness is not just a one-time act. And yet it is. Hmm, this is a big one. The illusion is this, that the one act automatically will heal. We think forgiveness, if I do that, is a one-time, there, Dave, I've forgiven him, we're good, and he does it to me again and again and again, while I've forgiven him, you know, I guess it's okay. Do you see a problem with that? I do. What if the person keeps hurting you? What if they keep getting, you keep getting mad at the memory? That's another category. What if we're in relationships where we're continually hurt? What do we do then? Well, later I will get to some practical helps on this. Because my focus right now is that it is not just a one-time act. And yet it is. Reforgiveness may be a constant reality, which flows from the affirmation you've already forgiven. So you can't reforgive if you if you haven't first forgiven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has to happen first, and then reforgiveness can come. And I'll share something with you in a few moments about reforgiveness that I'm learning. Real life. I can tell you about Dan and the pig. <laughs> yeah. Lori and I knew this man named Dan. He had a pig farm. It's a true story. Not once upon a time. He had a pig farm, and we took care of it um, so he could eventually go away on a vacation. And so we took care of the pigs. And if anybody thinks pigs are cute, <laughs> when did this honking pig and pushing you around? Yeah, anyway, it was... A, it was this story is about the man. A man who had a heart of gold. Something happened. He was a leader in, the, in our church. And uh, an individual of, in a certain significant leadership role had it out for me and conspired a group of individuals to make me look bad. Short story is, lots of hurt. Lots of blame. I, had noth- I did nothing wrong. Right. I look back and I'm thinking, man, I could have I responded differently. I wasn't 100% innocent, but I was naive and young. What they did was really, really clearly wrong. And so we ended up having to leave the church. I moved away. Only to find out that the truth came out. People started to admit, well, actually, it's not really what happened. Here's what really happened. And Dan came and visited us. We lived in Barrie at the time. Drove up just to drop in. 
And he brought half a pig. Butchered. <laughs> you know, some, Pete will wonder, oh, that's gross. He brought it as a peace offering, and he looked at Lori and I and said, we didn't know we were wrong. Will you please forgive me? Yeah, of course. A man who I respected and was hurt by him because I respected him, and then he turned on us. I couldn't believe it. And then comes back and is man enough to admit it. A man of God enough. He taught me something that day. The humility. He was willing to be so humble. He didn't know how I'd react. Or Lori. He's an amazing guy. He lives in town. (laughs) He acted and spoke healing into us with that act. He does not realize the fruit of that offering to us is not just for that one time. It's for the rest of my life and how it affects how I treat others, which means it has a domino effect. It has a pay it forward effect because all of us are hearing it and many have heard it. It will continue. That act of grace will not stop having power. You and I may be called to do the exact same thing to someone else. Suck it up and say, I'm sorry. Humility. Giving freedom by being contrite. Wow. What if there's somebody that we've hurt and they can't forgive us? You probably have somebody in your mind right now. Ooh, yep, them. Maybe God will inspire you with an over-the-top act of love to create a bridge so that communication can be rebuilt. Maybe. Please don't run ahead and start thinking, yeah, but what about these people that have horrifically hurt me and I shouldn't have anything to do with them? I'm not talking about the extremes. I'm talking about real hurts, relational hurts. I'm not talking about spilled coffee. I'm not talking about the extreme extreme because I'm starting to realize how people are taking this. And I want to clarify it. I trust the Holy Spirit to clear things up in your own head of what I mean. It's not just the words I'm saying, it's the intent and how you're hearing it. Because everyone here has a filter through which you're hearing all this. Every single person. There's no way I can get it right for all of you. (laughs) So I'm just going to bleed my heart to you. I want to share with you what I have learned and what I'm coming to. I'm sorry is not enough. When somebody says, I'm sorry, it shows an intent. And this is more for you, not for them. You can't now correct them. Well, you should be saying, please forgive me. (laughs) No, you use the words, please forgive me, instead of I'm sorry. Because I'm sorry is self-focused. Please forgive me is them. I is the focus. I am sorry. You may very well be and probably should be. But the words, I am sorry, are not the power. The power is in the words, please forgive me, and don't demand it. 
You can't wait. Well, since I asked, you're supposed to forgive me now. That was in the church world too. Since they asked for forgiveness, you're obligated to forgive them as a rule. Not leaving any room for the heart to process this. It's, it's, do you see why we have to cover the what it is not? There's all these little escape hatches in this journey of trying to avoid forgiveness. Oh, you don't want the issue to get covered. And by the way, this does go for some of the smaller stuff, the continual annoyances, especially with perhaps relatives. You know, after all, you, you all get along with your relatives? <laughs> I do enough funerals to know it's everywhere. I hear the hurts of bad relationships or relationships gone sour. Even if you think it's nothing, oh, I'll just let it go. It can get covered, and you just don't realize you've covered it, and it creates a seed. It can, there are layers of emotion that can be there. One day, one day when you least expect it, an irrational response may come out of you and go, "What? where did that come from? I'm not like that. I never, I never say that. Where did it come from? A seed from somewhere planted. You need to know where it comes from. It does have roots. One day, <laughs> bitterness kept growing in me. My mom died four years ago. And when she died, I was kind of glad. <laughs> Weird, right? You're not supposed to be glad. I know somebody, what? You can't say that. Yeah, well, I, that was my world. I was, I was relieved. Okay, it's over. Whew. By the way, I'll bet you there are many individuals who have seen their parents pass away and have the same sort of feeling. Whew. Yes, done. Love them, but man, the distance is going to be good. So here's what happened. It's been four years. A year later, as I'm remembering and talking about it, I get a little more crusty towards her. Bitterness had been building, and I didn't know it. Every conversation, when somebody asked me about my mom, I'd, I'd have a not nice thing to say. That was my response. So each time, my response, I was feeding this bitterness. And I didn't realize it was growing in me. And one day, about two, three months ago, the Holy Spirit touched me on the shoulder, tap, tap, tap. Hey, Mike, I hear you're going to be doing a burial at a funeral this week. Yep. I want you to go visit your mom's grave because it's in the same graveyard. Nah, it's okay, but thanks. <laughs> nice to have someone looking out for me. I had no idea what was going on. The day of the funeral came, I look quite thought. It's easy to push out thoughts, right? Radio, news, woohoo! Fun music, do 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 do. I don't have to think, I don't have to hear any voices in my head. Whatever it takes, we do whatever we can to not listen. I get to do the graveside service, and I'm starting to get in the car and getting out to leave, and I Gah! tap, 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 tap. Fine! So I go over to my mom's grave, get out of the car. And you know what? I always think it's weird when people stand at the grave and talk to their deceased one. It's like, where are they? They're not there. Are they there? Are they, where are they? Like, 
What is this? Well, the stone represents the location, okay? So I started talking to the stone. And then, oh my goodness, God showed me something that blew my freaking mind. If in this world we do not see clearly, which we don't, the Bible uses this phrase, we see through a glass darkly. It's not clear, right? Heck, how about your theology? Has your theology awakened to more than it was 10 years ago? Is the love of God bigger than you thought of more than like from 10 years ago? Have you grown at all? You've not arrived. There's still more to learn. Well, God just showed me that my mom, while passing through to the other side, while on this side, man, she was a grouchy old lady and she's not nice. Not to her people that she should have been nice to. And oh, it was easy to not like her and just fine, be done. And God said, she has passed through that glass darkly. Her eyes have now been opened. And can you imagine what she would have said on the other side? <laughs> what? Uh-oh. And the wow of the radiance of God would have permeated her mind where she would see absolutely clearly the love of God. And if she had this Hollywood movie moment where she could just peek her head back through the veil over to me on the gravestone as I'm talking to the stone, if she could peek over and say one more thing, this is what God was kind of telling me. It's all run through my head fast. She would say, I am so sorry. I didn't know my lens was incomplete. I'm so sorry. I forgave a stone. <laughs> I released her that day. I spoke to her and said, Mom, because this quantum stuff I'm learning is getting pretty freaky. So if it's all real, and if you can hear this, or God, you know, send the messenger, whatever, you're forgiven fully. As in, I release you. I'm not going to allow that bitterness crap to affect me. I want to walk free. And I knew I was going to be teaching this series. I didn't want to teach from bitterness. I, got, I get to share from freedom. I had to re-forgive my mother. Yes, I'd forgiven her a long time ago, and there's some pretty interesting stories of confrontation, blah, 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 on this side of that glass darkly. But I'm a free man now, and I have hope for those who are in desperate darkness who are absolute jerks hurting people. I have hope for them. If they don't see it on this side of the glass, they will see glory on the other. And the fire of God's love, because he is a consuming fire, will purge all darkness out and boom, look out. God wins. That's when you say Amen. Ephesians 4. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation because time is out. But don't let the passion of your emotions, anger, lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge, not even for a day. 
Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. Oh, if we could take this one to heart. And like Dr. Caroline Leaf showed in that seven-minute video clip two weeks ago, learn, once we forgive, to live a life of forgiveness, from forgiveness, because you by nature are a forgiving person. And those of you who say, I'm not, you don't know who you are. God does. And it's his job to wake you up. So don't get mad at people for being blind. Yeah. Don't get mad at crippled people for being crippled. They're expressing what they believe or something in them. Look for the light in them, the hope in them. Oops, I'm not doing that one. This topic is huge, huge, and it affects every part of us. Sure, I've got a great, you know, a whole, whole resume of hurts. Mine seem bigger, but that's my journey. What about your journey? <laughs> so when the day comes and you haven't been hurt that bad, according to your scale. What happens when the day comes when the hurt does come? If it does. Man, you're going to have a you're going to be so prepared. It doesn't have to affect you as heavily as it did me. I'm trying to save you some pain by learning this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God of wonders, the one who holds all things together. The God of this universe, holding the molecules, who is in the molecules, who is in us. Speak, vibrate, healing and truth into each of us. May your spirit hover over the waters of our bodies and speak harmony to us to release the contaminants of confusion, unforgiveness, hurts, so that we can walk in freedom, from freedom. Thank you for the journey. Amen. Hey, thanks for watching today. I hope uh, today's message was encouraging to you and to your heart. Hopefully it impacts you uh, deep, deep down. If it was encouraging, would you consider making a donation? There are some links below. Uh, do a $10, $20, $100, whatever it is. Um, just help us spread the word. Get the word out to more and more people. And your don donations will make it possible and uh, keeps us going. So thank you. Every little bit helps.